Hi everyone, just before we begin this podcast, I would like to mention our brilliant sponsor, ANL Goodbody. ANL Goodbody is a leading Irish corporate law firm and one which really recognizes the importance of their graduate recruitment program. They have recently been voted the most popular graduate employer in law for the 10th year in a row. If you are looking for the chance to develop your career in a supportive, innovative and collaborative environment, ANL Goodbody can provide this in a modern, exciting, diverse and friendly surrounding. And I would really recommend you check out their graduate recruitment opportunities. Hi guys, welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Ruby here and today I'm joined by Orla Fenton, a solicitor in ANL Goodbody's corporate department. Hi Orla, thanks for coming on. Hi Ruby, thanks so much for having me. So as I mentioned, Orla is a qualified solicitor having joined ANL in 2018. Um, I think the best place to start Orla is probably a brief discussion of your time in college since that's yeah. where most of our listeners are now where they've recently graduated. So you studied law and Irish in UCC. Um, did you always know you wanted to study law or what was your motivation to do that? Yeah, I guess um, there's always a question I think people are asked when they're in job interviews or, you know, why they have an interest. And it's kind of hard in some ways to pinpoint it, but it was kind of an interest that I had. Um, I just thought it was kind of an interesting area either you know to study and I think a law degree is a great basis whether or not you actually do ultimately go on to um, practice law be it a solicitor or a barrister I think it gives a very interesting kind of education in terms of society in general so that was kind of something that I had um, an interest in and you mentioned that I actually did a law and Irish degree um, and I, I did I really enjoyed languages in school particularly Irish and um, so I really wanted to kind of take the opportunity that UCC offered in combining the two and being able to kind of complement the legal studies with, you know, um, Irish studies in that regard. So, um, yeah, I was really happy um, with my choice. And I think as well, like there was a little bit of um, law in my family, not either of my parents, but actually my my grandmother was a solicitor. And um, that was always something that I kind of, she was kind of a role model, I guess, for me, because she was actually one of the first 100 uh, female solicitors to be admitted to the role in Ireland. Her sister was number 20 and she was number 70. So um, she was always kind of a role model in that, even though she didn't kind of talk about it a lot. It was actually quite um, groundbreaking at the time that she and her sister did that from a small town in Roscommon. So that was always something that I kind of, you know, placed a lot of um, aspiration on, I suppose. So yeah, thankfully I, I pursued it and really, really enjoyed it. Um, obviously loved the Irish element and being able to kind of combine that with my studies. But I think going into the degree and then afterwards, I kind of knew that it was more the legal side that I would like to kind of work as or work in um, in a professional capacity. And on that point, like, did you know kind of the whole way through your degree that you were going to go down the law path or was it something that kind of hit you towards the end in final year? Yeah, um, I guess I probably only became more focused on it in, in my third and my fourth year. And I guess one thing I really liked about the programme in UCC is they do place a lot of emphasis on um, practical experience that's built into the degrees. So in my third year, um, I didn't spend any time in UCC. The first semester I was abroad in the University of Montana and we went to law school there for a semester, but we also um, interned with federal district court judge in Montana. And we also actually taught Irish language seminars in the university. So that was a really great experience. Um, and I suppose it gave me a bit of an insight of, you know, the kind of I could go down a teaching path or engage in Irish. But I think it was while a good experience. I definitely preferred the kind of the legal experience to it. And then in the second half of 
that third year, I did an internship in a kind of a smaller boutique corporate and bankruptcy law firm in Dublin. I guess from from then on, I, I kind of that was definitely type of you know work that I enjoyed. I liked the the environment, um, and so I also did an internship in a Nelgo body as well. So I think those experiences combined pretty much firmed it up for me that this was kind of something that I would be interested in pursuing um, long term. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you mentioned that you were away in Montana and had, did you consider at any point like practicing in the States or, or in any other jurisdiction? Yeah, I don't think the States um, was ever one that I kind of probably put a huge amount of uh, thought into. I like it was it was interesting for us to go um, at the time that we did, because obviously law school in America is graduate study and we were only third years in uh, undergraduate in Ireland so that was something that the Americans I think couldn't quite get their head around that we were as young as we were attending um, law school uh, lectures Um, and it definitely was uh, a very interesting time Um, and Montana is a very kind of unique place it's not a place a lot of people go to but I'd say I probably considered the UK more than I considered um, practicing in 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 the states um so I, I we haven't got discussed it yet but uh i obviously after ucc went to the uk to pursue a master's studies so at that point i would have definitely looked at the opportunities in london so then the decision to do the masters like you just mentioned um that was obviously when you were in final year you decided that you didn't want to go straight into practice and that you'd um further your academic studies yeah so, so it was kind of um i guess at my final year i I knew, as I mentioned, that I would like to practice law, that that was something that I would long term like to be, you know, um, working as and working in. But I did also really enjoy certain elements, particularly kind of corporate um, elements of like my studies. And I kind of spoke with some of my lecturers and talked about whether, you know, graduate study would be something that I, you know, would be interested in. And uh, one of my lecturers in particular encouraged me to apply for the BCL, um, which is what the Masters of Law in Oxford is called. It was something that she had done. It wasn't something that I had like aspired to or I thought about doing up until that point at all. Um, and yeah, she encouraged me to, to apply and I didn't really have much uh, surety that I was gonna get in, but I did actually um, get offered a place. And I guess getting offered that, I wasn't sure that would ever happen again. So I kind of thought like this is, once in a lifetime opportunity so once I kind of got that offer I um that very much made up my mind that yeah I was going to do another year of study before kind of turning my mind to uh qualifying for practice in in Ireland or in the UK and then why did you choose not to qualify in the UK uh yeah I guess um I so moved to Oxford and spent the year there and obviously it was quite challenging and I think one of the interesting things about being in the UK was it was a really diverse like um group of students from all around the world and I found that I was actually uh one of the younger kind of members of the the class like a lot of the Australians and the Americans who were on the program they were all people who had qualified as solicitors and had practiced for a few years and they then returned to graduate study and I think that's just kind of interesting from a kind of macro perspective because I don't hear of a lot of people of my peers or people in like larger firms in Ireland who who kind of take that path. And I guess kind of I've always thought about it afterwards, whether, you know, that's something we're kind of missing out on as graduates, like whether 
that's something that Irish um, graduates and professionals should consider more that, you know, it is possible to, yes, go direct from undergraduate to graduate, but it is also there's merit in, you know, working for a few years and then bringing the practical experiences that you have into a graduate program like that. So I guess that's a bit of a, a bit of an aside. Um, no, that's but it was it was great experience, like obviously very challenging, but like just the whole Oxford experience in itself is pretty unique. Um, so that was a great year. And while I was over there, obviously, there was a lot of kind of, you know, opportunities for engagement with firms in London. And I did um, take part in that and considered it a lot. But I guess um, I had done the internship that I had done in AL. I really, really enjoyed that. I like my time in the office there. I enjoyed, you know, the work atmosphere, the people that I had met. And I think um I just kind of always pictured myself coming back to train um in Dublin. So ultimately I did decide to come back after the year in the UK. Um, and I definitely I don't don't regret that at all. Um, and I think as well a benefit that we have as qualifying solicitor as a solicitor in Ireland is the ability to also be admitted to the role in England and Wales which I have done um, and so if I do ever want to go you know to London or elsewhere in the UK that avenue is open and I think that's a great benefit of qualifying in Ireland as well. Yeah absolutely and um, so then in terms of qualifying here you obviously have to come home and sit your FE1s so do you want to just tell us a, a bit about that and maybe your experience with the exams? Yeah, sure. Um, God, um, that. So it was pretty quick turnaround. Um, and I guess in hindsight, I probably could have taken a bit of a breather in between. So I, 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 I graduated in the UK in July and pretty much came home straight and launched into doing the first four um, in August. So it was not the funnest time in my life. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I think the reason why I did it like that was I just really wanted after four years of college, a year of a master's, I just really wanted to be out the other end and to be finished with exams. But um, that's not to say that there wouldn't have been merit in taking a break and taking a breather. And so, but yeah, I did, when I did the FE1s, that rule still existed that you had to pass three the first time yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to carry forward. Thankfully that's gone now. But so I did four and four. Um, and I had a good few friends who had done them the year ahead of me or were doing them at the same time as me. So I think that was, you know, really helpful um, in terms of being able to share materials and share war stories and approaches and how we were all going to do it. So for my own part, because I guess I've done the undergraduate degree and I had left, you know, I'd done that relatively recently. I, I didn't do any of the kind of preparatory courses. I just I had access, fortunately, to materials from someone who had done it the year before so I was able to just kind of work through it myself so I, I just moved home and uh, in a way it almost felt like a step backwards because I'd been abroad and I'd been you know obviously living uh, independently and then suddenly I was back home and back in my childhood bedroom studying for exams again but I guess that's just the nature of what it is and did the first four in October um, and then did the following for the following March. So uh, thankfully got through them in two settings um, and then started in a in May 2018. And then at that point, um, do you want to just talk us through the rotations that you did as part of your traineeship? Yeah, so I think similar to a lot of the other um, 
firms in around Dublin, it's structured uh, with four rotations across the two and a half year trainee uh, traineeship. So did one seat before going to Blackhall. So I did that in investment funds and asset management, which was um, a bit of a whirlwind because I had no exposure to that at all. And it's quite a, you know, a niche area, uh, but it was great. And I think the first seat's really, you know, a fun time because you're getting to know your intake, you're getting to know the firm. Um, and then you're obviously looking forward to going to Blackhall for PPC1. So after my first seat went to Blackhall uh, in September, 2018, which was, brilliant I'm sure everyone says the same uh, that like it's just from the social side of things it's such a great experience and being able to kind of get to know people that you've never met before but also reunite with people who would have been in my year in college in Cork who I wouldn't necessarily have seen for a couple of years it was just like a really really good experience um, and then finished that in March 2019 and uh, came back to AL then for kind of a full year. So it's uh, two seats back to back. So I did a seat in the tax department, followed by a general litigation seat. And then once that seat was over, we were due to go back to Blackhall for PPC2. But unfortunately, that was in March 2020, which was exactly the time of the pandemic. Hit. So Pretty quickly, uh, the Law Society had to pivot the PPC2 course to an entirely online um, affair, which obviously was very disappointing not to get that second stint in Blackhall. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't the biggest uh, casualty. And like I think at the end of the day, we were all just pretty relieved that we were actually able to complete PPC2 um, and like finish out that like element of the training because it could have gone either way. So um, we did all of the courses remotely and we did all of our exams remotely as well. Um, so then back to the office for my last seat in July, uh, 2020. Um, and then at that point, so my last seat was um, in corporate, which is where I practice now. Um, so it's during that last seat, that kind of the discussions about qualification and where you would like to qualify that they, they would have kicked off. Yeah. And then why did you decide to, to qualify into corporate at that point? Yeah, so it was my last seat, which I think sometimes uh, people think, you know, not many people would qualify into their last seat. But um, I think that's kind of fallen away um, a little bit. And I know in my own intake and intakes above and below me that like that, you know, frequently happens that people are do stay on in their in their last seat. But I think for me, um, corporate um kind of was the area that I would have been interested in going into um the traineeship and it's also the kind of the, the my main area of focus when I went to um Oxford and did my graduate study there so it was it was a seat that I always you wanted to do and kind of um thought that I did have a strong interest in and thankfully when um I did get the chance to do my corporate seat that definitely um transpired to be the case so it was my first uh, preference uh, to qualify into and thankfully it worked out and obviously um you know it's kind of a two-way thing when it comes to qualification that you know you have to have your interest there and they need to have it you know it obviously depends on what the firm needs and the numbers and that kind of thing but you know so it can be a little bit stressful um at time but thankfully it worked out and yeah so qualified in um December January of uh, January of this year and have been in corporate since then and um as a newly qualified solicitor have you found that 
your workload has increased like substantially since your time as a trainee or is it is it like a big step up or is it kind of just a natural progression yeah it's a good question I think it's probably a little bit of a mix of both so um something that might have been a little bit unusual for me was the team that I did my um trainee sees with in corporate I actually haven't I qualified onto a different corporate team and that was mainly just due to like demands across um the the like the department itself uh, so I think that was strange in that I had six months under my belt on one team but then I, I moved to a new team so I kind of felt like I was starting from scratch in a way but I still had six months of experience elsewhere um, and I guess I've been very lucky that on the team that I've qualified into there's a really nice group of associates all of whom have who have trained actually in AL and who are still there and um some of them have been they've been there since for four six and seven years so they've been in the firm a long time and to have that kind of support above you when you do kind of get to those points where you think okay I've been given a little bit more responsibility here I'm a little you know I'm used to being a trainee and always having you know the supervision um that support has been invaluable to me and like it's just a matter of you know picking up the phone and being like look I'm doing this for the first time and I think it's this but you know is can I run this by you I think just having that level of communication and support is is really important and I don't think I've ever felt like completely at sea or you know or left or isolated so I think that's a huge plus of my experience but yeah undoubtedly there is and even like as I get closer to the end of this year I'm a bit yeah I think we're all the NQs are a bit not ready to not be the newest uh, bunch and be expected <laughs> to be a little bit more senior but like look that's just the way all of these things go and you have to be prepared to you know keep you know it's it's nice to know that you're in your job you're always kind of you have room to learn more and get more responsibility and I guess that keeps it interesting yeah definitely and then um I suppose can you tell us a bit a bit like just what your day-to-day work entails and like what team you're on in corporate and what you actually are working on at the moment maybe yeah sure um so the team that I'm on at the moment um it's definitely one of the broader kind of more generalist um corporate transactions and advisory teams which is actually really great from a learning perspective so we do a lot of M&A like traditional M&A deals um both you know entirely domestic ones but just within Ireland um, and but then also larger international ones which we would often be kind of us uh, working alongside like magic circle firms in in London or also um, the US and uh, we've also worked recently with Norwegian uh, law firm as well so those kind of those are very interesting because you know you're working with a huge you know multi-jurisdictional team of, of law firms and you're working alongside them and um, so those would be, you know, you know, the buying and selling of either companies or recently we did just an asset deal where we sold the assets of just an Irish subsidiary. And um, so that would be kind of the transactional side of things. But at the same time, we do a lot of kind of general advisory work. So that would be kind of we all, we have a lot of clients who are American um parent companies but they have Irish subsidiaries because they might have small operations here so we look after their kind of their quarterly board meetings so yesterday I would have attended um a quarterly board meeting for the subsidiary of a Canadian um entity so you know we look after that their you know their financial statements they're doing their you know their directorship filings that kind of day-to-day work um and then another kind of piece of it would be um kind of if um, group restructuring so where you have like a, a large corporate group 
every quarter or every half year for a variety of reasons. If they've acquired something, they might want to, you know, restructure structure their group. And that can involve any number of different things. Um, you know, a lot of I've done a couple this year of actually just like dissolving entities which are no longer required for a variety of reasons. And, you know, there's, there's board meetings to do with that. There's engagement with auditors. There's, you know, various different steps. So it's a real mixed bag. Um, and I think I've been very fortunate in the kind of variety of, of what I've actually been involved in, which has been great. And then just to pick up on one thing that you said, um, the nature of the work is quite transactional. And I've heard, and I think it's kind of a commonly known fact that some of the more transactional departments can end up working quite late on calls to the US and mm-hmm. like that. So what is your experience of that being? And like, how would you describe your work-life balance? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, and yeah, I don't think, I think it's everyone's kind of, perception of um unfortunately you know when you're working with as I said you know law firms around the globe and clients who are around the globe particularly we had one recently with the west coast um in America so basically we would always be pushing for kind of a 4 p.m slot which was very early for them but you know it was just about you know good for us because after you know your call you always have streams of work to deal with Mm -hmm. so the later it goes then the later you are you know left working on the whole, I think um, we've been fortunate in that most people that we're working with are very mindful of that and um, are, are aware of the, the time difference. Sometimes, you know, it can't be helped. And I have had, you know, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. calls, not much later than that, thankfully. But, you know, it does happen. And look, it's not something, thankfully, that happens regularly. It's, you know, if you're at close to the end of a deal and like, everyone's just trying to get it over the line then there may be a need for um for that to happen but you know again the team that I'm on we do try to avoid that if at all possible and it is something that you know my partner uh, would be quite good at saying like you know mindful of the time difference can we try and manage this in the best way possible and that's something that as you know members of the team we all appreciate because look there's there's people on my team mothers who have children and you know that's you know day-to-day life we all have our own lives as well so it's something that we just have to kind of manage sometimes it's out of your control but I think um the team that I'm on uh are you know we do try to keep it as social hours as possible and I fortunately haven't had to work that many weekends or if I do it's you know it's a couple hours here or there and it's definitely the exception rather than the rule um and it's definitely something that is appreciated and acknowledged as well so look, it's a demanding job and like mandates can be busy. And I think if you're going into corporate in one of the bigger firms, you're probably lined up to expect that as well. I think, thankfully, I'm on a team that definitely is aware of those kind of constraints and stuff on our on our personal lives. And it's something that, you know, after the dust settles and something has closed or a big piece of work has finished, um, it's something that's recognised. And when it is a quieter period, you know, we're, we've been told to kind of just take a breath and enjoy the break that we have because it will ramp up again, probably sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that on my team in particular. Okay, cool. Um, and then just a more general question. Do you think there are any certain qualities or traits that a corporate lawyer might need to possess or anything that's kind of stood to you? Um, yeah, I guess completely outside of the, like, obviously having an interest in it and you know the general things you could rattle off about what you know you you know attention to detail and motivation and all those kind of general things I actually think that like 
soft skills, like particularly when you're working in a completely remote environment and um, being able to, you know, join a call and you might be the only one on for a couple of minutes because people are running late and you're the NQ and, you know, the associates or the partners haven't joined yet. And you could be in a virtual room with, you know, directors or like, um, like counsel from other jurisdictions and even just the ability to have a normal day-to-day, you know, communication, like at the end of the day, and that goes across with not just client interaction, but also just when you're working with different teams around the firm and stuff, being in the corporate department, you are going to have to talk to specialists in your firm a lot because like, it's not just corporate work. There's going to be employment elements or pensions or whatever. And I think um, that was probably one thing I found a bit daunting at the start was picking up the phone to a partner in a different department that I had never worked to before and asking them to help us out on some sort of transaction or deal. And it's always a lot easier to ask that or make that request when you can have just a normal, you know, day to day communication conversation. And that makes things like working in a big organization, whether it's a law firm or not, I think just being, um, you know, an open, approachable person and taking time to, you know, actually have that conversation with someone before um, getting involved. I actually place a lot of value on that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like working in ANL as much as I do is because of the people and like I would count a lot of people that I work alongside, you know, as actual friends and stuff. Um, So it might be something that's, you know, obviously you need an interest in, in corporate law and various other things, but I actually think that soft skills like communication and things like that, interpersonal skills are, are go a long way as well. Yeah. And then for like our listeners who might be listening and want to develop their communication skills, I guess like in college, there's not that much focus put on soft skills and communication development, especially in law degrees. It's quite um, academic and we don't mm. too much like group work or anything. Did you find like coming in that you hadn't had much time to develop those kind of skills or um is there any advice that you have for people yeah I guess that's a very good point and as you said like it's traditionally the assessment type for us or law graduates would be very much assignments or um exams which are you know individual work streams they're not group projects um but I think you know those kind of skills those can be developed um you know outside of traditional academic uh you know, roots as well in terms of kind of if you're involved in clubs or societies, but also in terms of like, you know, your part-time work experience outside of the legal career itself. Like for myself, like I worked um, in hospitality and like bars, restaurants. And then I also like after when I came back from doing my master's and in between my two sets of F1s, I actually worked in boots and it was a weird uh, kind of progression, I guess, uh, to, to come back from living abroad and working or you know studying abroad and then suddenly find myself behind the counter um in you know pharmacy but I also think like that kind of day-to-day interaction with members of the general public like that service industry that you know your demeanor how you deal with you know difficult people or how how you work alongside others as a team Mm -hmm. I actually think there's a big value on all of those experiences and sure when you go to if you get the opportunity to do an internship there are often group projects and group presentations and they too are of course incredibly valuable particularly in the you know in the backdrop of being in the organization that you might ultimately want to work in but I also think you know you can help get those skills um from just like you know life experience in terms of the stuff outside of you know the legal or whatever professional services industry you might be interested in 
yeah definitely I think that's a good answer um, and then finally I'm sorry to put you on the spot here but if you could recommend any book uh, fiction or non-fiction that has changed your perspective or given you something to think about what would you go with um yeah it's a good question um I think I'll go for fiction um but just I think uh so the book that I think I would pick and I'll explain why would be Queenie by Candice Carter Williams um, and this was a book that I read probably coming up to this time last year when we went back into a second lockdown and I was entering into, as I mentioned, the kind of the phase of my traineeship where we were talking about qualification and it was, you know, working entirely from home and dark nights and long hours because we were busy and, you know, stressful, you know, thinking about where did I want to qualify, whether it was going to work out, you know, it was uh, you know it was a, a relatively kind of busy time and there wasn't much there wasn't much means for escape elsewhere in terms of like you know usual activities mm. gyms closed everything closed yeah. so I actually just found that uh, it was an, like a really excellent novel and the the narrative uh, was incredibly interesting and it, it gave me kind of a means of um, escape from you know the day-to-day -day life where I was you know working in the bedroom that I had at the time and I felt like, you know, it was just always the laptop and the two screens and my mind was very much focused on um, work and all things related to work. So it's a book that I really, really enjoyed. And I, I would really recommend if you're looking for kind of, an, you know, a couple of hours to escape from. It's definitely one that I enjoyed. OK, perfect. Well, I think that's everything, Orla. So thank you so much for chatting to me today um, and best of luck with everything in the corporate department and your future career as well. Thanks so much, Ruby. You too.